From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Thanks for inviting me into your home and uh, wherever you may be. I wish you were safe, dry, warm, and well-fed. Say, have you registered at richardserrett.com yet? It's free, it's easy. Uh, just log on to richardserrett.com. Click on the Member Area Login button on the left-hand side, and uh, that'll gain you access to member-only areas of the website, like, like uh, past show archives, audio archives. And plus, you'll receive my brand-new newsletter, The Dead Drop. It's not Drop Dead. <laughs> I've had a couple of people who've received that in their inbox and just looked at it very quickly and, and thought I was telling them that to Drop Dead. <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. The Dead Drop. It's an old uh, espionage a trade craft term, if you're not familiar with it. Anyway, if you haven't done so already, do it now while you're listening to the uh, the program while it's top of mind, richardserrett.com. And uh, I've had a couple of phone calls and emails, people having some difficulty uh, registering. Uh, if you are, drop me a line through the website, and I'll try to walk you through it, or I'll contact my webmaster, but uh, I, I want to make sure that it's as simple as possible. And I think we've constructed it so that it is. Anyway, apparently some people are having difficulty registering. Uh, a couple of weeks ago on the program, I was talking with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who joins us once a month, about this remarkable story of this young boy in the Golan Heights near the Syrian-Israel border. He's um, of the Druze ethnic group, and in his culture, the existence of reincarnation is accepted as fact. And his story, nonetheless, had the power to surprise his community. So he was born with this long red birthmark on his head. And the Druze believe, as some other cultures do, that birthmarks are related to past life deaths. So when the boy was old enough to talk, and I believe he's about three years old at the time, he told his family he'd been killed by a blow to the head with an axe in his former life. Now it's, it's customary for elders in the village to take a child at the age of three to the home of his previous life, if he remembers it. And the boy knew the village he was from. So there they went. And when they arrived in the village, this boy remembered the name he had in his past life. And a village local said the man, the boy claimed to be the reincarnation of, had gone missing four years earlier. So his friends and family thought he may have strayed into hostile territory nearby, as sometimes happens in that region. The boy also... Get this. He also remembered the full name of his killer. And when he confronted this man, the alleged killer's face turned white. But he didn't admit to the murder. The boy then said he could take the elders to where the body was buried. Oh, this just gets better and better. And in that very spot, they found a man's skeleton with a wound to the head that corresponded to the boy's birthmark. They also found the axe, the murder weapon. Faced with the evidence, the murderer admitted to the crime. True story. Unbelievable. And this story has uh, stuck with me for several weeks. And here's my dilemma. I put everything through my faith filters, you know, as an Orthodox Christian. And reincarnation is not currently part of my faith. It doesn't square with, with the biblical narrative. And yet there is this story of this young boy, and there are enough other examples like this to fill several volumes. And I've also, as you know, well know, witnessed several past life regressions, and I've seen some things that have amazed me and shocked me. I've even had past life regressions performed right here live on the air, 
some more remarkable than others. So this, this subject of reincarnation and past life regression, it fascinates me, but it's also very problematic, and I continue to struggle with it. I know, I, I know a number of Christians who have no problem with the concept of reincarnation. And of course, there is this, this whole school that believes that the early Christians, in fact, did believe in re- reincarnation, but it was somehow expunged from the Bible. I don't know. I, I, uh, I wish it were that easy for me, but it's not. Maybe one day. Who knows? Maybe tonight is the night I'll go all in on reincarnation. Maybe Dr. Ilana Gabor, who is standing by, will be able to help me resolve this. Maybe not. It doesn't really matter, though. I I don't need to be convinced. Something's going on with past life regressions, and I don't get tired of talking about it. And uh, judging by the emails I receive after I do a show on past lives, neither do you. A couple of years ago, my television partner and I went to L.A., to film a couple of past life regressions uh, in hopes of producing a pilot for what we think will be a pretty good television show about past life regression therapy. And while we were out there, I met Dr. Elana Gabor, a medical hypnotherapist. And then we had the late actor David Carradine's ex-wife, Marina Anderson, undergo a past life regression. And Marina was still struggling with some, some issues relating to her uh, relationship with David Carradine, who was a very talented but extremely troubled individual, as many of you probably know. So there we are in the hotel, and we filmed this regression, and it was very emotional and very real. And I was very impressed with Dr. Gabor, and I wanted to bring her on the radio program and and ask her about this the case of this young boy from the Golan Heights and, and talk generally about reincarnation and past life regression. So that's where we're going for the next 45, 50 minutes. Dr. Elena Gabor is a researcher of the subconscious mind and human consciousness. She holds certifications in hypnotherapy, medical hypnotherapy, and hypno-coaching. She's a certified hypnosis instructor. In 1995, she received her license as a medical doctor of stomatology in Europe. This is equivalent of the uh, doctor of dental medicine in the U.S. And later, she specialized in general stomatology. After 10 years of practicing as a medical doctor of dentistry, she redirected her focus towards researching a new field of study, subconscious medicine, the science of the subconscious universe. She's currently practicing medical hypnotherapy in Los Angeles and in Europe, helping thousands of people overcome their health and life challenges and explore their immortality. And she's the author of a brand new book entitled Home at the Tree of Life that sheds light on the mysteries of consciousness, life and death, and the underlying causes of physical and mental conditions. Dr. Gabor, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. How are you, Richard? I'm very well, thank you, and it's good to uh, to speak with you again. It's been a few years. Um, yes, thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be on your show. Well, congratulations on on the new book. Uh, but first, I, Thank you. I, I'm sure you're familiar with this this story of this um, young boy from the Golan Heights. I just wanted to get your take on on that. Uh, you've probably heard many similar stories, I'm guessing. Yes, yes. What's, well, what? um, past lives seem to be a reality for my clients. We explore them for the purpose of healing. Um, you know, in uh, past life regression therapy, it doesn't really matter uh, if those memories are really past lives 
or they're just metaphors of the mind. It matters that the clients are able to resolve their current challenges. So whether those uh, experiences are really past lives or not is not really important uh, from my perspective. What I discovered, though, is that they're not actually past lives. They're simultaneous existences. Souls live simultaneous lives. There is no time as we, we've created time in this reality. So basically all the lives happened at the same time. In other words, there's no past or future, there's only now. Yes, exactly. But because we are in essence prisoners of space and time, we perceive yeah. a past and a present. So in our minds, you know, we had had past lives, but you're saying that the soul exists simultaneously. So we're yes, exactly. This is what quantum physics is starting to point out: that consciousness is non-local, that all experiences happen simultaneously. That's a that's a difficult thing to wrap one's head around, isn't it? Um, well, I have um, an interesting comparison. To, to make us um, easily grasp that concept, um, if you think of a river, let's think of a Mississippi River in the U.S. It passes through, through a few states, through many cities, many towns, many villages, but it's the same river in all those places. The soul is a river of consciousness and energy that passes through all those lives at the same time. That is an interesting is analogy. It? it does help sort of cement it in my mind. Yes, yes. But, but uh, uh, the other point that you made, and this is something that I've come to, uh, to understand uh, in my conversations with you and people like Dr. Brian Weiss and, and, and others, is that it doesn't matter whether or not one believes in previous lives uh, or whether the, you know, the soul exists simultaneously in, 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 in different lives. It doesn't matter if one believes that. Yes. If these memories are simply metaphors, uh, they can be obviously very healing. And, and I know in your new book, uh, Home and the Tree of Life, you've got a number of, I believe there are four uh, case studies yes. where people uh, have undergone past life regression therapy and um, have had uh, some pretty remarkable results in overcoming... Uh, disease, disability, and so forth. Uh, before yeah. we get into these case studies, let's just set the table and talk for a few moments um, uh, w how, in fact, bringing these memories into the subconscious, how they are able to allow people to overcome everything from habitual drug use, alcoholism, chronic pain. In other words, you're finding the source of all of these ailments exists yeah in the subconscious in previous lives. Explain how that works. So basically, during past life regression, you get a chance to see through the eyes of your past self that mirror back to your familiar feelings. You get to see why you had those feelings. You get the chance to reevaluate the situations or the traumatic events that generated those feelings. 
you can face those fears and resolve them. You get the chance to see those situations in a much more positive perspective, resolve your feelings towards everyone involved in those situations, release the anger, the blame, the victim mentality, and label those situations as opportunities to exercise your positive nature and to master unconditional love. All right, this we'll is take... basically the purpose of all lives. All right, we'll, re we'll, we'll revisit that again. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. Dr. Ilana Gabor is with me. And uh, we are discussing past life regression therapy and reincarnation. Also, we'd welcome you to the conversation with questions or comments as well. Her new book is entitled Home at the Tree of Life. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Dr. Elena Gabor holds certifications in hypnotherapy, medical hypnotherapy, and hypno-coaching. She's a certified hypnosis instructor. And uh, her brand new book is entitled Home at the Tree of Life, uh, shedding light on the mysteries of consciousness, life and death, and the underlying causes of physical and mental conditions. Uh, now, I, I want to talk further about that. So uh, let's say someone has uh, um, uh, undiagnosed chronic pain. Give me an example of uh, what you typically might discover uh, in past life regression that uh, reveals the source of that pain. Can, can you give me an example? Yes, um, I had clients, for example, that had um, a pain in the arm, in one of the arms, right? And then as I regressed them to the sources of the pain, they discovered that they experienced traumas in that, in that past life in that arm. They died in the war or they had the arm amputated, they were shot or experienced any other type of trauma. So they've carried that pain with them because they have not resolved their feelings toward what happened in that life. So they have not forgiven the people that did that to them and carry those those feelings of blame and anger and sadness with them. Once you resolve your feelings, your your beliefs, your thoughts about that situation, you resolve your feelings. That's how the pain and all the other other symptoms disappear. And when you're dealing with an addictive uh, personality, um, uh, let's say someone who's um, an alcoholic, uh, yeah, could you give me an, an example from one of your cases where the underlying cause was discovered in a previous life? Well, um, I described two cases of this nature in my book, uh, the case of Mia, the main character of the book, and the case of Professor Ben. Um, they were both drinking uh, too much wine at night to numb their emotional pain. So um, as I guided, for example, Mia in uh, uh, to... to discovered the sources of her emotional pain, basically uh, depression, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, negative thinking, and so on. She had a lot of issues. Uh, she went into several past lives um, that presented powerful lessons for her about love and positivity um, that made her feel again love. For example, um, she saw life 
uh, a very happy life for her, um, that she lived in France in the 1800s. She was raised by a gypsy community because her parents were killed. Uh, so at a very young age, she ended up in that gypsy community. She had a very simple and beautiful life. And then she met a man by the name of Mark in that life. She got married with him. She got to feel the love she had in that life for that man. In that moment, her as Mia in this life was experiencing again love because depression and suicidal thoughts are the result of the lack of love. So energetically, because we're all energetic beings, she was able to elevate her vibrational frequency and release the disempowering beliefs she holds it on to. She was able to actually understand that her current life is really beautiful and simple, uh, not, not as she initially thought that it wasn't uh, worth living. So this is how, through a past life regression, you can get to feel in a different way that could teach you, again, to feel love and what type of feelings you should perpetuate in this life. Because basically the way we feel is the result of our thoughts and beliefs. When we operate from very disempowering thoughts and beliefs, we don't feel good. That's the road to actually create depression and anxiety and emotional pain that leads to addiction. So by relearning to functioning from very loving, compassionate, empowering beliefs, you perpetuate good feelings that help you heal from the conditions you, you have. And, 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 and typically, uh, how, in, in Mia's case, uh, yeah. how many uh, uh, regression therapy sessions uh, did she have to undergo uh, to essentially overcome her, her uh, dependency on alcohol? Uh, I think after two sessions, she was done with drinking alcohol. After the first session, her suicidal thoughts disappeared. Her uh, symptoms began to alleviate, and in a few sessions, she completely overcame depression, and then she stopped drinking alcohol. She stopped smoking cigarettes. She lost 30 pounds after seeing a life as a caveman. Um, basically, she began finding the balance between her human life and her soul life. Healing is the alignment between the consciousness, the levels of our consciousness, the conscious mind aligning with the subconscious mind and with the uh, spirit consciousness, the higher self, the super conscious mind. All diseases come from misalignment of these levels of consciousness, from the conflict that basically the negatively oriented part of the mind creates with our true self. All diseases, cancer, Everything. everything, all diseases. Everything, everything, exactly. Because when you're aligned as a consciousness with your higher levels, then as a human being with your higher levels of consciousness, you create a bridge of communication, a bridge. You become a vehicle for the positive energy of the universe and the energy of the source because your highest level, your super conscious self, your spirit consciousness is in connection with the source of everything in existence. And through that connection, the energy of, of the source, the highest 
frequencies of the universe begin flowing through your energy field. There is energy flowing through us constantly. And when that high vibration frequency flows through you, then all the blockages are dissolved, all the low vibration blockages in your energy field that cause your diseases are dissolved. You begin feeling love again. You begin balancing yourself and uh, basically function from your true nature, which is pure positive energy. Uh, are there examples where someone has had a cancer go into remission as a result of regression therapy? Actually, Mia had uh, pre-cancerous uh, cervical lesions when she first came to me. After our work, those lesions completely disappeared. Wow. Um, has that been has that been sort of verified? Uh, she's gone to a doctor. Absolutely. And... Yes, absolutely. She was diagnosed initially. She had several treatments, didn't work. Things were getting worse. And as we started our work together. Um, everything balanced out slowly. She healed from everything, not only from one one situation, from every condition she had, and she had many, as I as I told you initially. So, uh, going back to the the quantum physics, it, it sounds like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. What you're saying is that uh, a disease is. It, it manifests as some sort of a wave. I mean, and we know that in quantum, you can collapse a wave. Is that is that? I'm oversimplifying it, obviously, but is that what's happening? You're essentially collapsing the wave. Um, I'm not sure if that would be the exact description. It may be correct. Um, um, you know, I like to think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration, just like Nikola Tesla suggested, in order to understand the universe and our lives. So basically, high vibration positive energy is what we're made of. It feels good to us. It's our true nature. Low vibration energy, which we create with negative thoughts, perpetuating negative feelings, negative way of speaking, negative actions. When we create those low vibrations, where do they go? In our energy field. Slowly they accumulate. They block the positive energy flow through the body. And that's how our organs are unable to function properly anymore. But even even uh, people that are are uh, very positive and happy and and, and joyful, uh, they get sick too, don't they? Um, probably. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, many people we're not really completely understanding the concept of positive thinking. Many of us think that we're very very positive, and actually we're not. Um, you know, positive thinking has been depicted uh, brilliantly as this um, type of uh, wishful thinking or illusory thinking. Is not that. Positive thinking is realistic thinking. Um, you have to love yourself unconditionally. You have no criticism for, uh, for yourself. So very few people love themselves. Uh, unconditionally. When you don't love yourself, you identify yourself with a negative ego, you create conflicts between your levels of consciousness, and that's how you create the diseases. Um, positive thinking means to have unconditional love for everyone, to evaluate every situation in a realistic way, look at the lesson that situation provides, 
learn every lesson life provides, do the best you can next time, um, and resolve all your feelings towards everyone involved. Carry no baggages with you of, of negative feelings. That's what positive thinking is. Now, if in a previous life that you you um, you know you if if you are regressed and in this previous life it's very, you know, it's a very traumatic experience. Uh, let's say you died a very violent uh, death or you were yes. uh, abused in that former life. Is it not traumatic and, and injurious to the person to re-experience all of that? No, no, it's not like reliving that life. It's like watching TV and seeing a story on TV. Yes, many people cry, you know, in, in, in the sessions, but it's not, not a, a really uh, traumatic way of experiencing. It's, 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 it's a beautiful way, actually. You feel really good. You, you see your life in a totally different perspective once you, you go through a past life. Right. And, and how does one prepare oneself? Um, who, let's say, for example, someone like myself, um, who's never undergone a, a past life regression. I have, as you know, I think I've talked to you about this. I have great uh, trepidation about doing that um, uh, for a whole host of reasons. Uh, and yet I, I understand that I don't necessarily have to believe in it uh, for it to have uh, a great benefit. But what does it, how does an individual prepare before going into a regression? in order to maximize the benefit? Well, um, meditation can maximize the benefits because during meditation you learn to quiet the ego mind, the mind that, uh, you know, that, that constant chatter. Um, but I've noticed that there are people that have never prepared in any way, never done any regression, and they go very deep from the first session. They connect very deeply with their higher levels of consciousness and are able to perceive clearly um, just like they are their souls. You know, in that state, you're connected. Your conscious mind is connected with the subconscious, and you're able to see exactly like you as a soul sees. And um, there are people that um, have a difficulty in quieting their conscious egoic mind. Yeah, that would be me. I have um, uh, what they call the uh, the monkey mind. It's just it never turns off. There's a constant <laughs> inner dialogue going. I I think I would be very difficult uh, a case to uh, uh, to regress. Uh, I have that suspicion. So. What would I do to uh, what? What can I do to quiet my mind that would allow me to to regress? First of all, it's very important to understand that you are in control of the mind. The mind is not you, Richard. It's just a program you have. Uh, you are the consciousness, and you have you constructed in this life a conscious mind in order to be able to function in this reality but you are in control of it and you can quiet your mind. You can choose to identify yourself with a positively oriented thought or you can choose to identify yourself with a drama that negative thoughts create. So this understanding makes us become more aware and more in control of the thinking process. We can very well choose to think in a positive way, in a loving way, and quiet the mind completely. Meditation would be another amazing tool. There are many studies that show, many scientific studies that show the benefits of meditation. All right, uh, back with more of my conversation with Dr. Ilana Gabor, home 
at the Tree of Life, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And uh, we are back with uh, Dr. Elena Gabor, author of Home at the Tree of Life. Uh, talk to me. Well, we've, I want to get to uh, 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 Professor Ben's uh, case here in just a moment. But before we do that, this is kind of a short segment. Uh, I, I want to talk about um, what happens. This is the big question, the million-dollar question. But what happens to the soul um, at the moment of death? Um, well, the soul gets to elevate its frequency and reach the light. Um, they may perceive the light at the moment of that, the light absorbing them, or they may perceive their spiritual guides that are uh, there to welcome them and guide them back to the light. Um, in the light, um, there is an entire process that happens. The light is a gate for soul purification. Uh, the light has the ability to demagnetize all the energetic blockages uh, from the energy field of the soul. And um, as the soul goes through different uh, gates there in the light of evaluation of the life uh, it just ended, the soul gets to enter beyond the light, the ultimate reality, the heaven described in religion, the infinite non-physical reality that is at the base of everything in existence, that is the, our soul's eternal home. So at that transition between the light and the ultimate reality, the soul re-becomes really the spirit, the higher self, the superconscious um level of consciousness and then um, it enters again home and there the first stop uh, it does uh, is at the tree of life which is the Akashic record place where the soul leaves all its memories about uh, the life is just lived and um, re-becomes its spirit consciousness and based on the decisions it made about, about what would follow next if the soul would choose to remain there for a while or reincarnate, it would go in its dimensions if it chooses to remain home for a while or for good. And if it chose to reincarnate, uh, then it enters a training program uh, together with a spiritual guide. They get to, to, to create a new life with all the versions of that life that would give the soul the opportunity to um, progress in that life. And uh, is there an average number of, of, of times that one soul will reincarnate, or is it is it very much an individual thing? It is, in a sense, uh, an individual thing because every soul chooses uh, to incarnate as many times as it wants. Um, many souls, though, get to, to live almost an infinite number of lives. And at, at uh, one point, it, do we stop reincarnating when we've learned all the lessons? Is that the idea? We stop reincarnating when we reach the level of evolution of the, the source itself. When we reach that vibrational frequency, we reunite with the source again. Can you tell, um, you know, we, yeah. of, we often hear that expression, oh, you're an old soul. Uh, can you tell when you meet someone roughly how many times they've, they've been around, uh, how many rodeos they've had, in other words? It is hard to evaluate that. Um, 
it is very hard, but yes, you can identify uh, an old soul. It, it's usually a person who has a lot of love for people, a lot of unconditional love, and uh, um, has a lot of forgiveness, a lot of kindness, a very, very supportive, loving person. How long does it take? Uh, what is the, I guess, the the waiting period in terms of when someone dies before they reincarnate again? Is it is it is it a matter of minutes? Is it months? Is it years? Um, I guess it's it's a, ma- a matter of at least a few months because you stay in the light when you die. You stay in the, in the light. Um, for about a few months, although it seems that just minutes have passed. For the soul, uh, time has a different meaning. But for us, months pass until they reach um, uh, home again, that ultimate reality. And why is it that some people, for example, uh, this young boy who resides in the Golan Heights, why is it some people seem to have um, distinct, vivid detailed memories of previous life lives without the without the uh, the aid of regression while others do not because that soul was able to constantly go into that life those lives happen simultaneously they continue to exist parallel with our current life and for some reason, the soul, probably because it, 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 the soul wasn't at peace with what happened in that life, was keep going in that life, and that information was surfaced in the conscious awareness of that boy. And, and do, do young children generally have memories of a previous life? We often hear kids, I'm, I, even my own children, I know when they were very young, they would say things that sort of made me wonder uh, uh, whether or not they were, they had some memory of a, of a past life. Do children at a very early age tend to remember previous lives? Um, yes, and it's because the conscious mind is not the mind that we're born with. We're born with a subconscious. It takes a while to form the conscious mind. So basically, uh, very young children uh, function from their subconscious. And at the subconscious level, they're able to access other lives. So they talk freely. It's a reality for them. Only after humanity imprints its beliefs on you, when your conscious mind begins forming, slowly you start functioning from your conscious mind and disengage from your subconscious all right, we'll take a time out. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll talk about Professor Ben, one of the uh, fascinating case studies in Dr. Elena Gabor's new book, Home at the Tree of Life, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Big Brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Uh, Dr. Elena Gabor stays with us, and again, the book is entitled... Home at the Tree of Life. Uh, the the um, Orthodox psychiatric community and practitioners, this must just drive them nuts because, uh, you know, you have people like, you know, the classic example, someone like Woody Allen who brags about being in psychoanalysis for 50 years and, you know, obviously it hasn't worked. And yet with a couple of past life regressions, you know, Woody Allen could shed himself of a lot of that neurosis. Of course, he probably wouldn't make funny movies anymore. But, I mean, what is the reaction from the mainstream psychiatric community? Are they embracing this, or do they think that it's a bunch of hocus-pocus? 
It's up to each and every person. There are people that are very open. They actually use hypnosis themselves. I, I, I've been to a conference in December last year, and I was shocked of how many psychiatrists and psychologists got the training in, hip, in hypnosis, and they were using hypnosis in their practices. So there are a lot of them that very much believe in these things, and there are a lot of them that are not um, really aware of the benefits, that they haven't studied it, they did not spend enough time to actually form an opinion on this. Uh, let's take a few moments, and uh, we were talking about uh, Mia, one of your case studies. Um, and now, I, I believe Professor Ben also struggled with uh, alcohol. Um, what else can you tell us about that case? Professor Ben had an amazing life. So uh, he, he reviewed an amazing life. Initially, he reviewed a life in which he killed himself, and as a result of that uh, regression, his uh, suicidal thoughts disappeared. Um, and I want to mention that these people uh, went through psychotherapy, years of psychotherapy, years of medication, and it did not work for them. And then at some point, Professor Ben saw a life as a Roman soldier. Uh, that was a very interesting life. Uh, um, I've never had any other case like this. He saw himself living as a Roman soldier, marching with a Roman legion, and at some point he felt like he was baptized. And it was a very emotional moment for him, and he said, you know, I'm near this body of water, there is someone who's baptizing me, and all of a sudden he stopped and his body arched on the couch. I've never seen that. And I asked him, what's going on? And he said, it's Jesus. He just crossed by me. He just uh, passed by me. I feel his energy. It's, I, I feel he, this energy buzzing all over my body. Um, in that moment, there was a bridge of connection between that life, the person he was, Professor Ben was in that life, the Roman soldier. There was an energetic bridge of connection with his current body and the energy that emanated from Jesus passed through him and healed him of depression, of the need to, to drink alcohol, uh, sadness, and the uh, negative view he had on life. Uh, th that was really fascinating. Uh, and, and Professor Ben, of memory service, was a, was a pretty hopeless alcoholic, was he not? Not uh, hopeless. He, no. he was drinking a few uh, glasses of wine ah. every single night right, to, to, right. to basically numb his pain. He was he is actually uh, chief of department at one of the most famous universities in the world. He's a successful university professor, traveled all over the world. Um, you know, he ha he is very accomplished. But he had he had developed a physiological dependency on alcohol. Is what I guess yes, is what I'm saying. Yes, exactly, exactly. And so to to break that in a few sessions, again, just yes, it is it is amazing. It it is unbelievable. I I I'm still in shock of how easily you can resolve your challenges. Uh, is anyone taking this? 
therapy into the prisons. Uh, imagine the work that could be done in, you know, with with hardened criminals. I'm I'm, I'm wondering yeah. whether that's yeah, been. That's, well, I, I really believe that training the people to function from positive beliefs to to have unconditional love for each other would reduce um, the criminal activities. Now, uh, if I might be so bold, and uh, I hope I'm not asking too personal a question, but, I mean, have you uh, undergone regression therapy yourself to overcome some uh, some obstacle in your your present life? Yes, I've seen many of my past lives um, obstacles. Well, I had fear of height. I've seen seen past lives about that, and I feel much better now. (laughs) Um, um, What else? Obstacles. I'm not sure. I've been a quite balanced person in my life. I, I lived a really balanced life. Um, they were interesting lessons I've, I saw in those lives. Actually, my past lives were for the purpose of exploration of who I truly am as an eternal being to rediscover all those facets of my greater self. And um, can you give me some indication of, of, of um, who you were in previous lives? I've seen lives as spiritual teachers. For example, I've seen, I really love that life. I've seen a life in in Africa, a very simple life, somewhere in the 1600s to 1700s. I lived a very long life. Um, I was, um, I guess, a wise man. The warriors of the tribe were coming for me for advice. I was calling them my brothers. it was a life lived like in paradise, basically. Very simple, but very beautiful. Do you need to go to a regression therapist, or can you do that for yourself? I did it with other people. I didn't do it by myself. Is it possible for, for a person it, it to learn how possible. to do it? Them? I've seen a few of my lives by myself, but it's much easier when you do it with someone else. When you're guiding someone through a regression and um, you're taking them to a previous life, how, do, how does their subconscious mind know where to go? In other words, uh, what previous life, how does, how does it know to, to which previous life, to which year uh, to, to explore? Yeah, it's not the subconscious mind who chooses that. Is the higher self and the spiritual guide does the job of the guides to show you as a subconscious and as a conscious mind what challenges you had that are still influencing you. And these uh, spirit guides uh, are, are they, you know, what in the Judeo-Christian tradition we call angels? Is, are they the same thing? Um, in a sense, but not really. Uh, angels are energies that have been detached from the Creator with the purpose of protecting the souls that incarnate. They don't reincarnate. They don't go through human life and or any other lives. Um, the spiritual guides are highly evolved souls with great experience in incarnation. So every human being has spiritual guides, um, souls that are experienced teachers, and they have spiritual guides from the angelic realm, which is part of home as well, of that infinite reality, for the purpose of protecting them in the ethereal field of the earth. You know, the ethereal field has uh, all sorts of energies from the highest 
highest uh, vibration energies to the lowest vibration energy. So you have to have a team as a soul to be able to actually function in this reality. Uh, and 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 when you uh, when you when you die and you go into the light and you say you stay there for several months, we we often hear uh, about the the past or the uh, the life review. Uh, you yes. know, does that actually happen where you're, it's like you're standing yes. in front of a movie screen and you see your entire life in review or is that just a, a, a cliche? Uh, yes, there is a, an evaluation of your progress in, in, in the life we've uh, just ended. It's not a judgment. It's a very positive evaluation. Uh, basically, uh, your guides will, uh, will evaluate if to you if you grew in that life, if you progressed or not. Still, uh, I would imagine. I mean, that I would. I would imagine that would be a very painful thing to sit and watch. Imagine every conversation you've ever had with someone, every mean thing you've ever said to someone, every mean thing you've done. Yeah. To relive it and to be confronted by that, that would be very, very difficult. It is very painful if you're in the uh, if you're on earth. But it's not painful at all because you're in the light where there's only positive energy there. It's very high vibration frequency there. There is no way to feel any negative feeling in that state. You feel the energy that flows through you. That's what feelings are. And in that state, there is only beautiful energy that flows through you. So you, it's impossible to feel negative feelings. And once you pass beyond the light, they don't even have the concept there of what pain is. Only the ones that incarnated know as a concept what pain is. It's impossible to feel pain there. It is really paradise. It is really heaven. Well, why would... With that in mind, why would anyone then choose to return to this place? I mean, let's face it, it's <laughs> this is no party yes. down here. Yes, that's a great question. It's for the purpose of expanding the universe of the light, for the purpose of learning what it means to be everything, to have that experience, to know, what, to, to be evolved. That's what it means to be evolved, to know everything, to go through everything. We just have a few minutes uh, yet. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, Sophia? Sophia had a very interesting life. She regressed into a life as a spiritual guide. I've never read in literature this type of regression. So she saw a life as a spirit guide. She came into the ethereal field of the earth in order to protect a child. You know, she was her guide, her protector. She was able to see in both fields, in the ethereal field, so she was able to see all the energies, everything that was happening in the ethereal field, in the cosmic plane or astral plane, however you want to call it, and uh, at the same time in the physical plane. So that, that was fascinating. Uh, so she was, as you say, her soul was living simultaneously, but she was able to experience that. She, her, her soul yes. was living in two different... Yeah. Yes, Sophia is an evolved soul that reached that level of evolution of having lives as a, as spiritual guides. Well, uh, Dr. Gabor, uh, thanks for spending some time with us tonight. Again, the book is Home at the Tree of Life, and how can people get a copy of that? Um, going to Amazon.com and also on my website. You can read about the book. You can purchase it from there. My website is drgabor.com. Also, I have a Facebook page, Dr. Elena Gabor Medical Hypnotherapy. 
Can this be done remotely by phone, for example? Absolutely. I work with people from all over the world by phone, by Skype. That's it, fascinating. It makes no difference. It makes no difference if you're there with them or they're at the other corner of the, the world. That's remarkable. Well, listen, again, uh, thanks for spending some time with us, and uh, we'll do it again sometime. Thank you. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. Dr. Elena Gabor, Home at the Tree of Life and the website, uh, drgabor.com. That's D-R-G-A-B-O-R.com. Thanks to Tim Spreen for production. We'll be back next week with a brand new show. Not sure what's uh, on tap, but I'll promise you it'll be a good one. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light, and what I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.